Bonjour, Lynn. It's Julie Foudy and Lynn Olzawi. What's up, sister? Bonjour, Julie. That's a much better pronunciation of it. Your accent sounded really good. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Oh, that's what a lot of high school and college French will get you, being able to say hello in a foreign language. My problem is, because I only took Spanish, like I was just ordering a burrito. Yes, I'm eating Mexican food in France, and it's actually quite good. Um, this is the second time I've eaten out from this place. And uh, and everything I respond to, I'm like, gracias. He's like, do you want cheese? Si. I'm like, oh, sorry. Wrong language. <laughs> My mind goes to Spanish. Jules, can you actually give a quick update of your whereabouts? Because in the last episode, you were heading to the airport on your way to France. I am in, if you're an American, you call it Reims. If you're French, you call it France. And it's a... <laughs> It's actually the home of champagne. <gasps> oh, yes. As if I could love France anymore. I'm sad to report I have not done any champagne tours yet because I've been having to work, so I can't get all sauced up before I have to work in the <laughs> afternoons and evenings. That's never stopped you before. <laughs> Our Crystal Dunn feature, they ran yesterday, uh, Saturday on SportsCenter. And I know this is not airing till Wednesday, but we're taping this on Sunday. Anyways, it ran Saturday on Sports Center, and um, our tag, which I don't think you've seen, was Crystal Dunn finishes her feature saying, "I just want to do my best for the team at this World Cup." And we came off the feature, and I said, "Well, I just want to do my best for the ESPN team." So I felt like it would be a disservice not to catch you up to speed on where I am. So I explained to them I'm in the home of Champagne and that there's hundreds of local suppliers here and all these cool caves apparently you can go down into and check out their champagne bottles. Um, and I toasted them on camera. I had a little glass for Tony and Jay Harris who were hosting. Oh, that was really sweet of you. Yeah, because I'm a good teammate. I think of others like that. And then I, and then after we finished our live hit, we proceeded to finish the bottle. <laughs> Because who's going to leave an open bottle of champagne? Not me. Who did you drink it with? Jim Watalka, my producer. Freddie Arrington, my cameraman. And uh, Jordan Angeli, who's been doing all the U.S. soccer stuff in stadium. She's actually here for the World Cup. I called her down because we're staying at the same hotel together. Jordan played in college at Santa Clara. And I was like, come on. There's open champagne. Let's go. That, again... Classic Julie Foudy. There's a party happening and you want to get as many people involved. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I, you know, I don't know if I've uh, told you this more than one million times, but I love France. I really do. All right. So our podcast, our episode is on U.S. defender Crystal Dunn. And as you know, Lynn, I love me some Crystal Dunn. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of Dunners and, um, her story is a fascinating one. We, Lynn and I did a feature for Sports Center um, on her really like her, her run to the World Cup because four years ago she thought she was going to the 2015 World Cup. And I would argue I think she should have gone to the 2015 Women's World mm -hmm. Cup and she was the last player cut. But it's such a beautiful story, which she shares in this episode about um, how she rallied from that heartbreaking day where she got the call from Jill Ellis telling her she was the last player cut. Uh, 
and has moved on and is now going to be a star at this World Cup. And because it was an interview, same forewarning, uh, although with Crystal and this one, because it was lighter, it wasn't such a heavier E60 profile. There's more interaction. But we um, finished the interview and we still had some time left on the clock with her. So we were like, hey, Lynn was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? Shall we just continue and run audio? And she was like, yes. So we got in some of our funny segments at the end as well. So if you don't know who Crystal Dunn is, she's a defender for the U.S. Women's National Team. And she played at the University of North Carolina. She was uh, actually a national champion there her junior year. She was the NWSL, which is our Women's Professional Soccer League, MVP in 2015. The very same season, she got cut from the national team. She also won the Golden Boot that year. She won an NWSL championship with the North Carolina Courage last season. And... As we discussed, she's playing in her first ever World Cup with the United States. So get comfortable listening. It's Crystal Dunn. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Today's podcast is supported by your financial ally, Ally Bank. Because if you're paying for a service, you want the best, right, Lynn? I agree, Julie. From hotels to restaurants to gyms, we research everything until we find the best of the best. Shouldn't we do the same with our banks? We tend to stay with whatever bank we've had forever, not questioning it, often putting up with subpar service and low rates. Ain't that the truth, but better is out there. Ally knows you deserve better, and their mission is to be just that. It's in the name. They're an ally for you. So with Ally, you'll get interest rates up to 20 times the national average and live customer care. And on average, this is an interesting fact, a sad fact. Women are paid 20% less than men and therefore have to be even smarter about where they put their money. Money means having options, options to start a business, buy a home, save for retirement. So things like interest and that 20 times the national average can really help when you do more with the money you have. When you call Ally, you can also chat with a real person 24-7, even on bank holidays and weekends. They won't try to confuse you with fancy jargon or surprise you with hidden fees. I can't stand those hidden fees. The team at Ally actually cares about you and your financial well-being. All right. So as women, I think money is something we don't talk about enough, and we should all be paying attention to our money and where we put it. It's called money mindfulness, party people. So go to ally.com to find out more. That's A-L-L-Y.com. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time, find and enjoy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Crystal, first off. Congratulations on making the team. Thank you. Thank you so much. So proud of you. How did you find out the great news? Um, I was in my apartment. I got a text message from Jill saying, are you awake? It was quite early in the morning. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> and then my phone rings a couple minutes later and she spills the good news to me. And um, of course, it's not just, hey, you made the team hang up. It's, you know, 
kind words are shared and um, how she feels like I can really help this team win this World Cup. And it was great conversation. <laughs> what was your reaction? Um, just my weight was just lifted all the way off my shoulders. You know, I had a good feeling this time around um, that I felt, you know, I'm in form. I feel good. I feel, uh, you know, valuable to this team. And I think for me, you still want to hear that those words. You still want to hear that you're going to the World Cup. Uh, you're going to compete. You're going to, you know, help your team win, hopefully. And I know you, so you did some type of celebratory mm, I was in my room like this. I was like, let me close the door so my roommate doesn't see me. And then I was like, mm, yes. <laughs> what did you do next? Who would you call? Um, Definitely called my husband. Then I called my parents. And then from there, I just wanted to keep it to myself until really the announcement was going to be made. You know, I think it's important to respect everyone getting the phone calls, whichever one you were going to get. And I think I just kept it to myself and kept it in a small group. What did your husband Pierre say to you? Uh, he was so happy, just, you know, filled with joy. He was there from the very beginning of the cycle of 2015 and how I didn't get the phone call that I got this time around. And I think for him, he was like, I've been in your life since, you know, that time that you had to really pick yourself up. And I think for him, he was like, this is it. You know, this is what you've worked hard for. This is what you, you know, recalibrated yourself for. And he, um, yeah, so filled with joy. Let's rewind to 2015. <gasps> so how did you find out back then about whether you had made the team? Uh, I was not in the luxury of my apartment. I was actually in a car with my parents. So you can imagine I'm oh. driving with my parents. They're helping me move into my apartment in D.C., and my phone rings. I go, guys, it's Jill. And I think my parents at that time knew that I was so stressed. Definitely wasn't the player I am today. And um, I remember them going dead silent. And they, like, kind of did the, are you going to answer it now? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to answer it, you know. I'm on the phone with Jill, and she tells me she's not going to be taking me to the World Cup. Mm. And I'm sure she obviously said good things about me. But I think after that initial not going to the World Cup, I kind of, like, put my head back and didn't really fully listen in on what was what else was being said hang up with my hang up the phone with Jill and my parents are dead silent so it's like a 25 minute ride to my new apartment and it's just complete silence um yeah I just remember that day just turning my phone off not really being you know social a lot of people were texting me just not about making the team or anything just friends saying hey how's what's going on and dead you know dead silence mm. um on my end so it was rough. I think that full day, I just wanted to be by myself and my own thoughts. And, you know, my, my parents did a gr really great job of, like, giving me space. I think that was the most important thing. Did Jill explain to you that you were the last player cut off that roster? Um, she didn't really have to. I think the way it was set up, it really was between me and one other player. And I always knew that it was a battle of, like, okay, maybe if I do this one really great thing in this training, maybe I will jump ahead of this player. And it was just... The feeling and trainings, I always felt like I, I, it's going to come down to the wire, you know. So, yeah. When you look back now four years to that day, what's the emotions that still come to mind? Uh, I get emotional a little bit because it was really hard. You know, I, I, I think people don't realize that it was a really challenging moment in my life because I actually went on to have a really successful professional mm -hmm. um, season. 
So people seem to forget that, like, I even had that heartbreaking moment, but... You were the MVP yes. in WSL that year? Mm-hmm. So I, I really feel like I turned the page that year, but it wasn't instantly. You know, I think it took me handful of weeks to get back training and get back in form and feel like myself again, you know, happy-go-lucky, just showing up to training with a smile on my face. That didn't come, obviously, for weeks after that phone call. But for me, it was just getting back to the basics, like loving the game again and, and not really getting hung up on I didn't make a roster, but just thinking, okay, I still believe in myself. I know I'm valuable. Now my my new shift is going to be towards the league. It's going to be about you know, being the best me I can be. And at that time, I don't think I knew what position I was going to play. So I think I was just like, tell, coach, tell me where I'm playing so I could just, you know, get in, get in form and, and really help the team. How did you climb out of that when you say the shift? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, support from just teammates and, and my parents. Obviously, playing in D.C., I didn't see my parents all the time, but they always checked in on me, you know, a handful of times a week just to say, Hey, are you staying strong? Are you, you know, getting your confidence back? Because that's really what, you know, the first steps are. Um, and then there's the fairy tale story of how I met my husband. Um, tell us. Yes, I love this story. Um, you know, I, I the the World Cup began, and I remember thinking, Am I going to watch these games? Is it too hard for me to sit here and, you know, really be a fan now of of the game and of the girls? And I just thought to myself, Yeah, you got to watch the games. You know, it's. It's, a, it's hard, mm-hmm. but ultimately, you got to do it. These are your friends. You were, you know, pushing them in training not that long ago, and, and now they're off to this amazing event, and you, they're, they definitely need your support, you know. And I remember being in a couple of bars. Uh, everyone's cheering. Everyone's, you know, go USA, and I'm just in the bar kind of like, <laughs> not a lot of tears, but definitely mixed emotions, Had been you know. Hard. Yeah, definitely very hard. And I remember uh, meeting Pierre, and he was my athletic trainer at the time, and I just thought, you know, hey, do you want? Are you doing anything? I'm gonna go watch the game. Do you want to hang out? And he was like, sure. You know, I, I would love to watch the games. You know, and one game we watched the game, and then next game came, and we were like, let's do it again. It was fun. It was it was it was easy talking to him. I think it was um, better to watch it with a non athlete or not a teammate of mine. I mm-hmm. think that's what really helped me was just venting to somebody that wasn't so close to soccer. Um, and then, you know, that's how I got through the whole tournament. You know, we watched the final together, and I remember having tears of joy just thinking, you know, wow, I trained with these women, and they went on to win this World Cup. And even though I'm sad for myself, it was such a pivotal moment, I think, in in the game. And women's soccer then took another leap, and um, I was just happy that I was so close, in a sense, you know. So. And as you're going through all these emotions of watching the game, because there had to have been these highs and lows. Oh, yeah. Highs, lows, all the way. <laughs> what is what is Pierre saying to you? Uh, he was he was such a gem. He, uh, he told me it was basically okay to be upset, and I felt so guilty being the one crying in a corner almost in this amazing moment um, during the tournament. And he just, he told me you're, what you're feeling is natural. You know, you, he was like, you were one step away from being exactly where these women are. And, um, you know, the future is so bright for you and just kept making me realize that, you know, my, my journey's not over. You know, this was just one moment that, yeah, it's discouraging, but I have so much life and so much more to give to this game that it's just a little hiccup. Mm. And you hadn't been dating before this. This no. was like the start to yeah, the relationship. Yeah, this was like, we're buddies now, watching the games and just hanging out. And 
Um, and I think through that moment, that's when I really thought this man is so patient and kind and, you know, just such a true supporter of mine that, you know, we barely knew each other, but yet felt like we knew each other for so long. And um, I think that's when I really started to, to fancy him a bit. <laughs> Fancy, fancy him. him a bit, yes. <laughs> so, in it's fair to say, in one of your lowest moments, yeah, you found your husband. Yeah, I think you know, 2015 had a funny way of working out. You know, discouraging moment. April, that's when I got the phone call. Um, started watching the the start of the you know World Cup with my now husband, and I go on and win MVP and Golden Boot that, all in that same year, and I think. Looking back, I'm like, yeah, bummer. I missed out on that World Cup, and it was incredible. But, you know, I'm happily married now. Um, I think that's when my, you know, league form really started. And since then, I always felt like I've, I've stepped into every league with the mentality of remember 2015 when I had something to prove. And I think every year that's really what I go into. I go into that crystal who was fighting to uh, – prove that she's this, you know, top player that, you know, didn't get chosen for this roster, but um, I'm going to make sure that that really never happens again. What did you learn about yourself in the process? Um, I learned that I really had to really find myself and, and really invest in myself. And I think so many times as athletes, we're waiting for a coach to say, oh, you're a great player. We're waiting for someone to say, oh, you're great, you're doing well. But I think that was a time that I had to really say, Crystal, you're okay, you're good. You know, if you're not going to get it from somebody else, you have to tell yourself that and really invest in, you know, your your sport, your your talent. And I think I had to really just define myself again. I was like, okay, what kind of player do I want to be? What kind of player was I and who do I want to be and what do I want to continue working on? What is the biggest difference to Crystal Dunn in 2015? to Crystal Dunn today? Uh, believe it or not, I smile a lot more. And I used to smile, I thought, back in the day, too. Yeah. But I think now I just really wake up and I step into every training with, you know, the mentality of, it, you know, I'm going to put my all into it. If there's a bad training here, if there's a bad game here, okay, what can I do to uh, grow from this moment and just try and be at my best ver the very next moment that I'm given? You know, and I think... 2015, I was very in my head. I was like, oh, made a bad pass or a bad play here, a bad play mm -hmm. there. And I really thought me, like, making one error was going to be life and death. And I think right now it's about, you know, we're at this top level. You're going you're gonna to have mistakes. You're going to have moments where you might even doubt yourself for a split second. But if you can not live in that time too long, you're always going to bounce back. Do you share that? With the younger kids? Uh, and try and help them along? Because that's amazing uh, growth. I mean, I try to. Anytime that I, I really can step out and, and speak to anyone about, you know, growth or challenges, I think it's so easy for me to go back to that story of 2015 because uh, that was probably the hardest thing I've obviously ever had to go through. And I think people just need to enjoy life a bit more. I think we get so caught up in, I didn't make this team. I, I had a bad game. And it, I think we all do it. As elite athletes, you have to be a little insane, I would say. <laughs> um, but I've tried to really reca recalibrate how I think of myself and how I view every day. And I think, you know, that's that's where I just remain every single day. I step up on that field. You were talking about this looseness and smiling more. Yes. H how much of that is is needed in the locker room 
with this current team because there's a ton of pressure on this group to yeah. repeat as back-to-back World Cup There is a lot holders. of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. I think um, this group has a wide range of, you know, laughter and, and just a lot of jokes for sure. But I think it is important that, um, you know, each person has a sense of uh, balance. You know, I think lead athletes were like, yes, we don't want to make errors. We don't want to, you know, uh, be vulnerable in any way on the field. But ultimately, that's how you grow. You have to be okay with, um, you know, accepting challenges, accepting di- uh, adversity, and just moving on to the next. And I think uh, we all try to do that. It's not easy. Um, I'd be lying if I said every day I'm like, yay, life is great, Let, you know. But ultimately, you know, we, it's just living a balanced life. Yeah. How would you define your role on the national team now? You know, that is a great question because, well, good job, Jules. Uh, Julie and I always make this joke that we're like middle-aged. We're like the middle-aged girls on the team because... (laughs) Julie Ertz and you? Yeah. We just, we, that's the joke. That's the running joke because we're not, we kind of feel like we're veterans, but we're not really veterans in that sense. I mean, Julie's been to a World Cup, obviously, and an Olympics. I just an Olympics, but, you know... We're 27 years old, basically. It's like, we're not really young kids anymore. But um, I think I do consider myself more of a leader this time around. I think over the last couple of years, I've found my voice. I feel confident being able to uh, tell Pino, hey, listen, you got to get back and defend. <laughs> you know, I don't think... Especially when you're on my side. Exactly. If you're on my side, yeah, you better be coming back. Um, but I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd be like, Pino, can you just help me a little bit? But I think... Um, yeah, I think I found my voice. I think it's important for everyone on the field. I always tell people, I don't care if you're, you know, the youngest player on this pitch. If you uh, are playing, you're no longer an age. We don't see you as an age. We see you as a player who's gonna, you know, provide value to this roster. And um, I think that's really how I carry myself. Just knowing that if I'm on that pitch, I'm gonna be trying to help others and helping myself at the same time. Who is Pierre? <laughs> who's from France? Your husband. Rooting for this summer. The question of all questions, Crystal Dunn. Well, we've had this talk. I really don't know if he's going to full-on have a French jersey, but I do think he's hinting towards if France is playing in the earlier stages, he might be like, you know, I want them to do well. And I'm not against that. I'm not against that. You know, I just think, you know, USA, France, I'm like, listen, the divorce papers will be on hand (laughs) if you make the wrong decision. So uh, I'm all for him supporting (laughs) France in the, you know, the play that they're playing in, um, not playing against us, obviously. But uh, for me, yeah, I'm like, root root for USA all the time. Done. And all his family's still in France. Yes. So talk about coming full circle. Yes. You're going to be playing in France in Mm -hmm. front of his family. He's going to be there in your first ever World Cup. Yes, I think everything really worked out for the for the craziest way possible. I think um, you know, I've really embraced the French culture. His parents don't speak a lot of English, so uh to me, I've emerged in the French culture and I think it's it's going to be really cool being there. I've picked on up on some French words. Hopefully I can translate, but I'm not really amazing yet, but uh no, I just think it's going to be awesome. I'm really happy. I think this this really is my life coming full circle of fighting my way back and being able to play in front of my my new family now and hopefully them cheering me on. What will be going through your head as you step out onto the field for the first time in the red, white, and blue in your first ever World Cup game? Uh, yeah, I've envisioned this, I feel like, so many times in the last month or two. I just feel like 
I can see myself uh, just, again, weight off my shoulder, feeling like this is what you've worked so hard for. This is what all those tears were for, you know, um, battling your way through and, and proving your worth. And I think it's just me wanting to, you know, do my best for this team and, and really put my all out there. And I think uh, just saying the national anthem and tears coming from my eyes. I know I'm going to shed some tears before the game, but hopefully they're wiped out before before the whistle starts so I can see what's going on. <laughs> I know that's the hard part. I know. It's like, like, I'm oh, too emotional. Oh, okay, okay. The ball's coming. I have to, I have to see this. <laughs> Get it together. Yes. Are you ready for our segment called Most Pressing Questions, Crystal? I think so. Let's go. Are you, because I know a large swath of the team are... Is okay. Large swath. Team <laughs> is a coffee nut. Um, I have to say I'm not. I can mm. go like three days without drinking coffee and be completely what? fine. I mean, you know, my energy's all crazy. I imagine me on coffee and caffeine, all this stuff. It's like I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> Nobody else wants me to have it either. So, um, I go for the social aspect. I will say, if people are going, I don't want to be left out. I have huge FOMO, so <laughs> I gotta go. But you know, if no one wants to invite me anywhere that day, I'm like, okay, no coffee for me today. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't your roommate Sam Ewis inviting she you right now? She leaves me every morning. She wakes up really early, too. So to be, to be she, fair, she thinks I'm young. like... She's too young to be waking up early. Yeah, Sam's an old soul. She's an old soul. True. <laughs> True. That's why we all love her. Go to karaoke song. Ah, uh, No Scrubs by TLC. Oh. And I always point in the in the crowd to, like, some random guy, and I feel like they're kind of like, whoa, I didn't do anything to you. Why are you so aggressive? But it's, like, my motivation on the song, you know? Can we have a little bit? Can I get a beat of it? A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly and also known as a buster. Always thinking about what he was. He oh. just sits on his broken So No, I don't want your number. No, I don't want. That's the pointing you. part. The pointing at the man. <laughs> yep, and he's always like, "Uh, uh, ma'am, I didn't do anything." Um, okay. <laughs> Why don't you I want know, my number, I ma'am? Know the poor guy. I'm like, sir, I'm sorry. It's just part of my act. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in character right now. Exactly. You have to find someone, stare, and just, yes, you're my motivation right now. Uh, we used to do the national anthem as our go-to karaoke Really? At the end of a night after one too many drinks. And who and was at, the best at this? At one point, we would literally get on stage and take over the mics of the band. And at one point, I was doing the national anthem. And someone in the back was not standing. And I was like, you, in the back, you stand for the national anthem. And he was like, sorry. Okay, so you have a little bit of aggression in the crowd as well, just like me. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Love that. What is your hidden talent? I guess it's not really hidden because I'm like on all these like videos now of me dancing up a mm. storm. Um, go-to dance move? Oh, it's funny because Julie changed the question. Uh-oh. The actual question I'd written was best dance move? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. You know me very well. Um, Well, nowadays, I feel like I'm so old, Jules, because people know all these, like, dance moves, and now I have young kids like, oh, do you know how to do the this or that? And I'm like, no, I've never heard of that in my entire life. because they're all Fortnite-based. Well, exactly, Fortnite, exactly. So now Good I'm Lord. like, I just follow the kids. I'm like, okay, we got this one now. Lost. Go in the... Fu- why, do, why do you know the name of it? Because I have a 10 and 12-year-old. <laughs> I know them all. Orange I'm, Justice. Yes, Orange Justice. That's yeah, the one that's they like, do that one. 
Yeah, so that's uh, my dad. So now I just try to pick up one the kids are trying to teach me nowadays. I'm old now. You, you still got it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I feel like you're very hip. I try. I try. What's the best <laughs> old school dance move? Um. The Tootsie Roll. We do the Tootsie Roll. I was at my brother's wedding recently, and oh, good one. I was just dancing up a storm with my parents, and they were busting out the Tootsie Roll, and I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, I'm now old, just like my parents, doing the Tootsie Roll <laughs> at a wedding. Oh my goodness. But yes, the Tootsie Roll. <laughs> That's always a go-to. It's a good one. It's simple. Everybody can do it. <clears throat> I get told I'm mom dancing quite often, and that... I feel like is a compliment. You know what? Listen, everything comes full circle. Mm-hmm. So whatever is going to be so hip in the next couple of years. I'm like, I'm still dancing. That's the key. <laughs> Careful, mom dance. Is a cinnamon roll a donut? Crystal oh, done. Goodness. I mean, I would have to say yeah, but I think a lot of people would just like be against Whoa! it. But I think it's a Crystal Dawn thinks it's, it's a, a donut. donut. It's a donut it's a donut it's a sweet with so many extra things that you don't need but listen now i'm not talking about like the one you like unwrap out of the pillsbury dough can no you're talking home. about the ones that you actually would get in like a donut shop yeah donut shop. it's a donut. a donut it's it's there in the donut shop it's a donut mm-hmm. they wouldn't put it there unless mm-hmm. it belonged mm-hmm. thank you yeah okay me and you we're or simpatico i knew i knew it i knew it so i knew i always liked you <laughs> Um, so in our podcast, we do high, low cheer, and we do it around the dinner table with our kids. Okay. So they're high of the day, they're low of the day, and something or someone they cheer for. Mm-hmm. What would be the high, low cheer of your career? And it doesn't have to be soccer related, but it can be, of course. Uh, high. High of my career... Obviously, end of 2015, I would say, because I feel like that was just the moment that I realized, like, you know, it's a mental game and you have to, like, be smart in between the ears in order to, like, really achieve what you want to do. It's not about, um, you know, it's not about just falling down and being like, oh, okay, what was me? It's really about putting the pieces together Mm -hmm. and and turning a negative into a positive. So definitely high of 2015. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Because that was the year, of course, you got cut, Mm -hmm. but that was your high the end of the year because you were able to get through it. Yeah. I know. It's kind of crazy. Like, I feel it's like almost weird talking about 2015 because I'm like, didn't make the World Cup, but like had a ball towards the end of it. Like, (laughs) I don't know how to speak about this. Um, But yeah, high end of 2015 when I was like, golden boot winner. (laughs) Um, And a low. I mean... Can I say the same year too? Yeah, is that course. weird? No. Low is 2015. I mean, if I could really tell you the phone call and like how I really felt, I was like in the back of the car with my parents. Making just, the knife into the just, heart gesture. You know what it was too? It wasn't even that moment getting the phone call. It was, they did a show. They didn't do a show this time, but like what they did with the announce, like announcing the players on the team, it was like this whole, God. yeah, like Fox did this whole show, I'm pretty sure. And that was the moment that I was like, wow, that's a low for me. Because now the whole world can see who's on the roster. And it was more of like a, I'm embarrassed. Uh, now everybody knows. It's no longer my mom and my dad that know. Mm. Um, so I think that moment actually was the low part. Not even the phone call. It was just, now everybody knows. <laughs> 
I feel like crying helps in those moments. Oh, Some people does. try and hold back the tears. No, who would dare to hold back the tears? Like, like, let it go. My tissue box was empty. On to the next tissue box. Like, yes, I'm not ashamed of it at all. <laughs> Mia brought up a really great point in her podcast. She's like, I just cry in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> so every, you step out and everyone's like, oh, you're just, you're, just, you're fine. What? You're fine. You're fine. You look fine. <laughs> it's like I ball in the shower. Oh, my gosh. What about your cheer? Someone or something you celebrate. Um, definitely my husband, because his life story is actually quite interesting, if I can, like, sum it up. Um, he is born in, he was born actually in Africa, Ivory Coast, lived there for 12 years, um, and then his family moved him back to France from ages, like, 12 to 16, and then he hops on a plane and goes to the U.S. at 17 to learn English for one year and then ends up staying in the U.S. basically this whole time. And he just also, he like always talks about how he was just like, I was dropped here, didn't know one lick of English and had to just teach myself what it's like to really survive in a foreign world, you know? And to me, I'm like, wow, we complain about being in a foreign country that we don't understand the language for like more than a week, like let alone just you know, and I just think for survive. Yeah. Like for him, he was like, oh, that's normal, though. That's what a lot of people my age in France did. We just ventured out and our parents let us go and leave the nest. And I was like, wow, that is not how we run things in the U.S. Like I can just see my parents both being like, where are you going for yeah. three months? Like, let alone you You're know, gonna be OK. Honey? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So um, for him, I just feel like. Yeah, he he's just in, this incredible human being that I've learned so much from. And, like, I try to take a page out of his book all the time on patience. And I don't have a lot of patience. And he's <laughs> always telling me, calm down. Things work out in the end. And I think, yeah, he's really just been such an amazing human being for me. Well, when you said that he was the one who, who during those moments when you're watching the game together, yeah, was, it's going to be okay. And this is... And that's such a healthy thought. This is an okay emotion to have. Yeah. Just don't sit in it for too yeah. long, right? It's okay, but you're crying a little bit too much right now. Can you, <laughs> you know, really? Now we got to flip it. <laughs> now we got to turn it into a positive yeah. energy. I think, I mean, he's a true, you know, soccer lover. He grew, grew up in France, obviously. The French love them some soccer, and they've been so successful, especially on the men's side. Um, and for him, he, he understands, you know, as a player, you want to be on. You want to be on this high at all times. You know, no one wants to say, "Oh, I love when I fail." You know, and for him, I think he just was able to understand. It's all well and good, never, never getting cut, never always having success in your career. But he knew that those were the growing moments. And I think mm-hmm. for him, he was he saw someone who was like, "No, you have so much potential. You you're going to be fine." Mm-hmm. And I think he saw it, and I didn't really see it. And the whole time, I was like, "What do you mean I'm going to be fine? This is the worst day of my life." You know, and. Uh, he always stayed, you know, positive, and that's, it's awesome. It's always great to have someone positive around you. Mm, indeed. Yes. Jules, I want to know what a high and a low that you've gone through in mm. your life. Mm. I, have to th- I have to think about this. <laughs> high, are you talking soccer-wise? No, you- just anything. Um, having kids is so fun. 
Get on that wagon, sister. Not yet. No not pressure. Yet. I don't want to act like your mom. World Cup and <laughs> Olympics to play. I know. I got some things that I, I want to check off first, obviously, but I can only imagine. I mean, it's so fun. Uh, There's such good perspective, too, in terms of work life balance. Yes, and, definitely. And especially as they get beyond four years old when they're not just drunk midgets. <laughs> Falling all over the place. Yeah, where you're you're like, Cliff! (laughs) Someone watch my kid! Oh my gosh. Um, But uh, that would probably be my high, is just like walking that journey with them. It's been so fun. Um, My low, probably losing, as I always talk about, and yes, I'm not over it, to the. Norwegian national team mm-hmm. in 2000. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little bitter. Okay, well, crystal. let's not break any windows <laughs> here. Let's. Okay. Well, and this is why mm-hmm. we played so well. Yes. And we just couldn't get it done. It should have been four nil at halftime. Mm-hmm. And they this end game, up winning this, this damn game. I know. Honestly, this game is very funny. How things kind of. Either don't work out or very, or work yeah. out. I feel like that's similar to like us in the Olympics against Sweden. It was like a hundred shots to one, yeah. and I'm like, well, this is how it happens. Yeah. I know, you know, but but different to you, my heartbreak was more communal, which I think is easier. Yeah, in a sense, mm-hmm. I hear you. Whereas you're having to go through that on your own and then watch them have this success that you would love to be a part of. And so there's joy in watching them be successful, yeah. of course, but there's always that bittersweet, like, oh, but I could have. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it goes to show you how strong Crystal is. Yeah. But she bounced back. Ooh. Stronger than Life goes on. Life goes on. I have a question for you, Julie. Mm-hmm. What piece of advice would you give Crystal going into France? Please spill all the wisdom. My piece of advice would be be to go in just as you are. When you said I'm smiling more, which surprises me because you are the one who I see is the energy. I'm smiling one more time than <laughs> usual. Yeah. <laughs> but compared to 2015, you, I mean, there's such energy in life to you mm. that you and you need that in the locker room. Yeah. Hence the locker room question mm-hmm. of how is your role because you're going to have to play that role. Like there has to be. That yeah. was often my role. Yeah. Oh, well, this, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful balance of. We're, we're having fun and not to lose sight and get too white-knuckled yeah. about the fact that there's a lot of pressure here and there's all these eyeballs. But if we just keep riding this and embracing the pressure and wrapping our arms around it and dancing our way through it and smiling and laughing, and you'll know those moments yeah. where you lock in and you get across oh, for that sure. white line and you're you're locked in, but never lose sight of it's it's fun. I know. And you're Do part you of something feel so like special. going into a World Cup, you – I mean, you kind of just answered it, but like – Training wise, or like anything wise, do you feel like you were like, okay, it's now different. I'm going into a World Cup versus, you know, I'm just training for an international friendly. I've Never. gotten a lot of questions where people are yeah. like, are you doing anything different? I'm like, I'm just trying to perform in this training session today yeah. so that I can put the right foot forward yeah. for the next day, you know? And I feel like weird saying that because I'm like, I'm training for a World Cup. Should I be like on edge doing anything different? No. And I think most of it is just the fact that. You change mentally. Yeah. You're ready. Yeah. It's how do you deal with the extra pressure of all the eyeballs and all the attention. Yeah. And if you can deal with that Mm -hmm. and just stay who you guys are and true to that and enjoying the process of 
playing together. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Because how many times do you get to an event and there's all these extra oh, distractions? People pulling you yeah. every which way. And yeah. That, and we used to be really conscious of, okay, is this going to help? We'll put it in this column mm-hmm. to help column. If it's going to hurt, it goes in this column. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that's going to get in the way, throw away. Yes. That's so great. I think it's more the mental because you're going to be physically ready. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I love it. It makes me feel happy. Go rock it over there, sister. I will try. I will try. I'll keep the smiles going. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I so love her. <laughs> she's so... She's got this beautiful energy to her, Crystal. And which is why I make her in charge of keeping the team loose because she's fun and and you need that. Gosh, it's one of the most important things that we we struck the right balance on with the teams that won Olympics or won World Cups is you've got to be having fun. I tell her that all the time. I'm like, more fun, Crystal, bring the fun. You guys are looking too serious. Uh, I saw her actually drinking coffee uh, uh, yesterday with a bunch of the team and I was talking to them and I was like, you, Crystal, are in charge of the fun. Stay loose. Remember. She's like, I'm on it, Jules. I'm on it. Because it's so hard. They're the last group to play. So they've been waiting and watching and drinking a lot of coffee <laughs> in little cafes. Well, that's funny. I wonder I wonder if Crystal was actually drinking coffee. We talked about that in the episode where she, yeah. she has one every few days, but still enjoys actually going to coffee. That's hilarious, right. though, that you ran into them. Yeah, and she was invited. Remember last time Mui hadn't invited her? She left her at home. She was invited. She was part of the crowd. I'm just thinking how cool that is, that you're just chilling in France and you are walking around and you stumble upon the women's na- members of the women's national team just enjoying Du Café. Yeah, it's cool. The Americans are starting to filter in, so they're not going to be able to do that as much, but mm. it's been nice. What was your takeaway, Lynn? My takeaway is Crystal's resilience. And her story of the year of 2015 is absolutely incredible. And how great of Pierre, her husband, to be in that moment, to find him and for him to have the perfect advice of, yes, this is terrible and sit in it for a little bit, but don't sit in it too long. Like, move on. This is just the beginning of your journey. You're going to be fine. And you're going to, not, not just that, you're going to be great. I mean, you, you need people like that in your life. Find those people in your life. You know, if they're your husband, fantastic. But find those people as friends, as your community, because there's going to be the moments like that in life. And you need someone next to you saying, yeah, it's okay. It sucks, but you're going to be fine. Mm. Who is that for you? Oh, I think I just had a, had a dope village of people and teammates and friends. And I've been so blessed with, you know, we always talk about my national team teammates being stuck with me for life. But I mean, going back to my mighty soccerettes, I played with that team for 10 years. Go Green Machine. I mean, I'm still <laughs> close with those friends and my Stanford soccer friends who I'm still really close with. We have our WhatsApp you know, chain going all the time talking. So, wow. yeah, I've been really blessed and it's through sports, which is why I want girls to play. You, you find these, mm. these beautiful friendships and people that will in different moments of your life tell you you're going to be fine. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. 
And I actually feel like you give that to me quite a bit in my life. So I'm very appreciative of that Uh from you, Jules. Thank you. All right. Should we do questions permitted? Yes. And our first question very much touches on what you were just talking about. At Sarah J. Four is interested in knowing why you think it's important for kids to play team sports. Oh my gosh, Sarah, I need about four days for this one. All those things I just said. And I mean, it teaches you good habits. It teaches you great lessons. It builds a foundation about how to deal with setbacks and failure and how to be a great teammate, how to celebrate others, how to, um, to constantly be seeking more in a wholesomely discontent way, not an unwholesome way of just wanting to get better. And I think it's a gift. It really is. So that's why I'm always trying to get kids to, to play something. Team sports, hopefully, but just play something. Solid advice. Next question comes from at Hal's 517. Julie, what was the hardest thing about transitioning from playing to broadcasting? Uh, good one. I would say just the mechanics of television. Once you get that down where, you know, the transitions and the timing and uh, the technical stuff, then it was uh it was just, you know, how did not when <laughs> I think I told the story in the Jess Mendoza podcast when I first started television and I was so nervous. I was like screaming into the television. I was so nervous. And, and it's just repetition. So once you get the technical side down yeah. and the mechanics of it, then it's just reps and then you get much more comfortable and you actually don't feel like you should throw up anymore. You can just do it. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it, I feel like a long time now, so it's gotten much easier. Uh, I don't know about if it's much better, but it's much easier. (laughs) Oh, you're so comfortable now. You're just drinking champagne. Easy. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for listening. We absolutely so love our dope village and appreciate you and all your comments that we read. Um, so make sure you keep hitting us up on social media. I'm at Julie Foudy on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag at laughter permitted. And as we close the show, as always, a huge thank you to Kate Diaz, a Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy alum for our awesome theme music. And if you like what you hear from us, tell a friend or 20 so we can keep the dope village growing. And as always, remember kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. Poor guy. I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. It's just part of my act. All right. Thanks for taking the time to listen. And to our dope village, one last shout out to Ally, because the fact is only 8% of people trust their banks. And yet most of us never bother looking elsewhere. And as women, money is something we should be thinking about because get this, on average, women working full-time make 80 cents for every dollar her male counterpart makes. And money means having options, options to start a business, to buy a house, save for retirement, create a legacy. The list goes on and on. Ally knows you deserve better and their mission is to be just that. So look them up. Ask your friends, ask your teammates, ask a stranger, check out the online reviews, or call them yourself, right? When you call Ally, 
you actually get to talk to a real person. Who does that nowadays? And 24-7, even on weekends and holidays, you don't have to keep screaming into the phone, representative! For more information, visit ally.com, A-L-L-Y.com. Ally Bank, member FDIC.